0: everyone welcome back to another episode uh today we have brian moses with us he is a comedian and he is the creator of roast battle so welcome to the show man
1: thanks for having me tyler
0: of course man from the other side from the pacific i won't i won't give exactly
1: where are you in the in the the, where the hurricanes happen
0: yes that is it um on the east side um so what i want to i want to start off with and it's kind of a typical place to start but i'm always just curious before comedy what were you doing and then what led you to comedy because and I watch a lot of Rogan watch a lot of different comedians um, it's such a tough industry so I think well okay that's another question but so let's start with the first one what were you doing before and what led you to comedy
1: what was I doing before stand-up comedy before stand-up comedy I was in sales so I was selling anything right so was, these were like college years of between 18 and 22, because I think I start right out of. Well, I guess that, that would be the, the quintessential time you start. You know, after your career would be at 22, right? Yeah. uh So at 22, I think I start comedy. So for like those first like four years out of high school, I'm kind of toiling around, just doing. I'm selling gym memberships. I'm selling cell phones. I'm doing like you know, the, I'm in a kiosk. I'm in a, I'm on a campus, you know, a college campus selling cell phones, or I'm I'm in a LA Fitness or a ballet little fitness selling you know gym membership. So. Anything that I could sell, I would vacuums at one point. I was selling cars, I was selling everything. <laughs> That's awesome. I was selling sell like scholarships, I think like like college scholarships at one point. Like, like <laughs> online college scholarships, yeah.
0: Wait, how do you how does that work? You sell them to get the government to give them money or the college? Depends it on what
1: something at. it was like right when that uh that online um, internet craze started happening. So they were trying to get like graduates or like postgraduates in there. Yeah. So, that was basically, it was just like, hey, you know, you can get your, you know, you can go and get your, uh, your master's over here and then it won't cost you anything.
0: Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. So it seems to me that you knew at a young age, at least, that you were going to be doing something with like people. Like you weren't going to be like an accountant or something, obviously. Yeah, honestly,
1: I wanted to be a lobbyist. I mean, like when I was going to like junior college, it was like the whole thing was, all right, I'm going to go to school and probably become like a history teacher or something weird, you know, just because you never know what you want to do when you go to college, right? Unless you actually know what yeah. you want to do. So you're yeah. like general education. So at that point, I think I was like, I'm probably going to be a teacher somewhere, or maybe like you know, I'll, I'll do some paralegal and, and maybe end up with like a law degree, hopefully. But you know, if I get the degree first, like in history or something. Yeah. Um, and then I got into English because I was like, oh, I'm getting into writing, and I got into stand-up comedy a little bit. And then wow. I was, and then I did this government class, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a lobbyist. That's the move, right? <laughs> you're fucking yeah. lawyer, like lobbyists is where all the parties are at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I took this like sexual psychology class uh, with these like two cats who happen to be Jewish. Um, and it turns out that a lot of people in the Jewish community and culture uh, happen to know what stand up comedy is. And then they were like, <laughs> we had a lot of fun together. And we did a lot of sketches for this like sexual psychology class. And they were like, hey, man, you should do stand up comedy. And I'd always thought about it, but I came from like a small town. So I didn't know, I, I didn't know any like stand up clubs. And yeah. then I we went to San Diego. I was at this, you know, this Juco. And then, uh, I was like sure I'll, I'll check it out and then I checked it out that's the Got story. it.
0: No, that's awesome man. And then did you and maybe it was kind of easy for you which would be rare but did you know how hard it would be before you got into it or was it in fact easy? For you?
1: I treated it like going to college, right? Like say you're like you're going to like say you're an athlete and you're going to like you're picking a school to go to before you go to your profession which is like maybe you're a soccer player, a basketball player, a hockey player or whatever. So have you So I treated it as that. I was like, all right, I'm going to be this like artist, you know, and there's a lot of open mics around in San Diego. There was a a bunch of there's like one comedy club at that time. So I treated it like, all right, I'll just treat this as like my college. So I'll treat this as the comedy college kind of a thing. So I knew there would be it was a marathon, not a sprint kind of a thing.
0: Got it. Yeah, I wish I knew because before moving here, I actually lived in Encinitas for six years. I don't. Are you oh, familiar man. with the area? Big oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I lived there for six years before here, and I'm not kidding. I don't think I went to one comedy show because I just didn't know it was there. I didn't. Don't know. think
1: about it. Yeah, It's that place is it's paradise. You're not thinking about like. Yeah, it no, 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 I'm looking at
0: cliffs. <laughs> yeah, Good point. Yeah, I guess I didn't seek it out but but is it in i know in la right because the comedy store or whatever but and i've never been i just heard about it on rogan's show and stuff but is it is it bigger in san diego than la or pretty equal
1: the scene is bigger in la uh the club itself i would say like because it's a well here's the thing i think in in places like new york and los angeles um there's a lot more comedy clubs just because there's a lot more people doing those arts like arts when you go to places like San Diego, San Francisco, uh, anywhere outside of Los Angeles or New York, really, they're like the second tier or third tier markets for the arts. So there's just, more, there's just more people doing it in these two cities, which makes it a little harder. It makes people more jaded because everybody's trying stand up comedy in Los Angeles who's probably coming to see you, right, for the most part. In um, yeah. San Diego, it's like there's not, a, there's not a big scene. So when people are going, it's like that's the, probably the last, the first and last time they're ever going to go to a comedy club. Right. Unless they're just like they get the bug and they're like, you know what? This is our thing. We're doing this. But that's really rare. So, I mean, they, they, I think there's a study that even says that I think the average couple or the average person sees like maybe one comedy show in their lifetime. If that. Wow.
0: Dude, that's so that's too low. That's crazy. Because uh, so in Miami, the scene is actually pretty good. Like I don't it's probably not as good as there. And obviously, Austin is going to be nuts soon. And it already is. Right. I think like Kill Tony. His is probably, he's been doing that for a while, Um, but regardless, it's something, I think it should be like a monthly thing at least, dude. Like it's, it's, I I think it's amazing. I love it. Um, I am terrified. How often do
1: you go? How often do you go to the other show?
0: So I go, what was my last one? Okay. My last big one, uh, was Seinfeld and that was, um, in Hollywood, Florida at the hard rock, the the guitar thing. Uh, um and he's he, working a hard
1: rock actually
0: yeah oh really okay so dude have you seen him live before obviously i'm sure you've seen yeah him. he
1: was he was in town last week actually i didn't see him then but he is uh the last time he was in town he did the, the comedy store and yeah i saw him then i mean he's amazing he really is
0: dude yeah that was um he was different like meaning in a sense of i've never it was almost like every line was the punchline. it was so wow. like it yeah, like i i shouldn't i, I want to correctly uh say how it was like every sentence was funny it was really strange like meaning like there was no build-up it was like hit
1: hit (laughs) didn't waste any words yeah
0: dude it was yeah it didn't waste any words it was nuts um but what i'm used to there's actually a place here and the website i think it's uh, miamicomedy.com and i forget his name but some guy down here runs it and it's more for like people starting out and so it's called the red bar and then you go and you do like three to five minutes. So I go there like once I'd say once a month is fair and you know, it's hit or miss. Like some people really are not funny at all. And then some are funny (laughs) and I, I can relate. And that's why I wanted to ask you this next question is like, you're were you a natural on stage at first? Like, were you nervous at first or not really?
1: Yeah, I think everybody's nervous at first. It's crazy if you're not nervous. That means you're some kind of like, Gotta be a little... a sociopath. You're a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope you're not. These are strangers. Like, I know. agree.
0: I know. But I feel like, well, no, Seinfeld, I mean, he's been doing it for decades. But, like, I wonder what his first show is like. Like, that would be interesting to watch.
1: <laughs> it would be interesting to watch. I mean, like, gosh, there's, remember, Eliza Schlesinger. She's, a, she's got a few Netflix specials out there, but she's a yeah. big name comic. Um, but her uncles, I remember when she was kind of coming up and I was working at the La Jolla comic store in San Diego and she was, she was on uh, last comic standing and she was kind of like going around to all the clubs in like Southern California and she bring her uncles around and they had, they were telling like all the door guys there, uh, oh, I remember Seinfeld when he was first coming up, we used to tell him you're terrible, Jerry, that kind of <laughs> thing. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> A lot of his <laughs> uncles were like a couple of the funniest guys you'd ever meet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was that. It was like, but I remember like even like hearing an interview or something like that where Seinfeld would say like, yeah, it's just you just work and work like you start as a toddler. Like, you know, he treated he treated stand up almost like it's like growing up, you know, like your first five years, you're, you know, you're infant to a toddler. And next to five, 10, you're kind of like your formative years. And then you're like it's your teenage years. And you're kind of molding your craft. And then by the time you're in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, you're just kind of like you should be knocking it out of the park.
0: Wow, dude, that's actually an incredible way to describe it. And it's so crazy to think, like, dude, that's so long term. That's a forever. You have to think about it like that. Wow. That's a because in most things, like sales, for instance, right? Like, and you were doing a lot of different things, but let's just say, I mean, there's sales as a whole. But then if you were to have stuck with a company like one company for five years selling one thing, you'd probably do six figures within the first three to five years right like you so I'm just saying compared to comedy things are way quicker of a growth uh curve I guess so that's interesting
1: yeah it's like timing angles with because it's show business you know what I mean it's about your look it's about you know how they can market you you know what I mean for the most part as a stand-up you're just trying to figure out who you are and what your voice is right especially as a performer on stage in front of all these people you know you have to you have to press upon these people, or even create a synergy with these people that you are funny and we're having a good time here. Um, yeah. And when you're marketing yourself for show business, it's it's a different kind of a lane. With stand up, it's always going to be there, so you're always going to be doing it in, in essence. So you you kind of have to keep that mentality of well, if I don't make it doing this, I'm not going to make it in the first three to five years because that's that's show business. That's just how you that's how you sell your market yourself. Not so much yeah. as like your craft of. Like, you, like if, if you're working out, like, I, if I'm a bodybuilder, there's probably so much I have, like, so much time I have before I can't, like, you know, show off anymore. But if I'm sure. just working out just to live, just to exercise, you know, I, I need it for, you know, just because I love it. That's what it is. like basketball. Like, I'm not playing basketball to make money. I'm just doing it to, stay, to exercise. And I just love playing the game. Yeah. That's not what stand-up is. Like, if It's essentially, that's what the marathon is, is you're doing this because you love it, not so much because you're going to be making money in those three to five years. Gotcha. But hopefully, you do
0: yeah no no of course and that that actually was kind of similar i think like um i'm sure you're familiar with bobby lee i would imagine oh, yeah. So- oh, yeah. yeah so i i i watched tiger belly too like i think that's that's a good podcast and um either way like he kind of says like and i think he just turned like 50 or whatever but he started a while ago and i know he like did well for a while like but- you know well but he I think he said just recently like a few years ago is when things really started to take off and before that he actually at one point I think like five ten years ago was thinking about like giving up on it completely because it just I think he just had like a downturn or something. so regardless it just proves your point that like you know he's 50 and now it's like Everything's there, but it took like twenty years or whatever. Dude,
1: look at Maren I mean, like it's it's Evan and flows, man. It really is. I mean, that's just what it is. It's like when you're yeah. young and hot, they all want to sell you, right? I mean, like Maron was young and hot in his twenties. Bobby young and hot in his twenties, and like you hit your thirties a little bit, they kind of forget about you, you know. <laughs> and then, like the podcasting started taking off, so like you see Bobby kind of start bubbling back up. Bill Burr didn't really go anywhere; he just kind of became more successful. And then Bobby least, you know, because he's back in the Zeitgeist now. You know, after the Mad TV and all, it's like this podcast really brings him back into everybody's, you know, mainframe.
0: For sure. Yeah. Good point. So the podcast is probably, and I think he's actually said that is that's part, if not a majority part of the reason the opportunities are flowing because he's built an audience that's actually his now. Right. Um, so, yeah, so when you, uh, and I know these are questions that comedians normally get, I just, I'm curious on the stories around them is like, so at first you were nervous and then I'm sure you bombed, you know, at least a few times, maybe you still do occasionally. Still, still
1: bombing. Still bombing. Still still bomb- out.
0: <laughs> still bombing. That's, that's so wild. Um, so have you though, you're, you're used to that now though. I would have like, in some regard.
1: I'll say this. It's like, it's like falling on. If you ever like skateboard or like do something like, uh, it's like doing a trick and you're like, ah, oh, I know how to do that kind of a thing. And then you don't nail it, you know, yeah. and you're trying it and trying it. Um, I mean, that's up, It's like, you're going to have nights, nice, you're just going to kill. And, you know, and at this point in my career, I know how to kill. Right? Yeah. But it's not being addicted to killing. I think there was a comic named Katie Tatara who told me that. And I think he had heard that from a comic. I think it was Bill Burr actually told him that was, you can't really be addicted to killing because you can't grow that way. If you just stay in one act, you know, that you're not putting on TV or on an album. And you're just doing this one act the whole time. I mean, sure, you can do that act your whole life. I mean, Jay Leno does that. Like this way he's put a, an album or a special. He's like, you he can do that material the rest of his life. Yeah, because you know, nobody's gonna hear it unless you see them live but yep. guys who are like constantly putting stuff out and then they keep doing that same material it's like what's the point of that how are you going to grow it's not just me being an artist it's just it's just in this craft how are we going to respect you you know so for um, sure you have to you you have to bomb you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable you know you have to get uncomfortable with the silence you have to get uncomfortable uncomfortable with people people being uncomfortable you have to be, yeah. <laughs> have to be comfortable with with it not going well And it sucks. It sucks when it happens. It's going to hurt. It's going to be scraping your knee. It's going to be, you know, breaking an ankle. It's going to, it's going to feel like getting punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I feel all that's obvious, obviously accurate. And it's like, just going back to kill Tony because like each week, it's like a new minute that people will go up and, I've seen from, I've maybe watched, I don't know, like 20 episodes of that. I I know there's way more, but I've watched like 20 and I've seen the same people And some weeks they'll go up and their minute is flawless. It just kills. And then two weeks later they come up and Tony just looks and is like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Like you were amazing. But it's because they're trying out a completely new minute. And that's kind of the name of the game is like, You the only way for you to actually know if it's going to land. It's one thing to tell a few friends, but you got to go to the club and have like I don't know fifty people there or something at least to really know if this is going to be a thing. And so you literally have to bomb to know what is working, right? Yeah,
1: you have to get in the batting cage. You got to get a percentage. You know what I mean? you you know it's like it's you got to take those swings. You got to pitch.
0: It's just such a wild thing to take those swings at, though. Like people are not accustomed to. That type of um, failure, I guess, because it, it's not really a failure. But you, what I'm saying is, like, to be in front of that many people and, and then watch them all like you say something and you think it's going to land and then they all just go, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it, it, every time. I, I'm telling you, Ty, every time it feels like that, you're like, oh man, I know this is going to kill. Like you like wait, it may even have killed thirty minutes prior in another room, and it won't kill <laughs> yeah. in this room. That's what's so great about. That's what's so great about. Oh comedy because it's so subjective it's not you know sometimes it can be universally objective like you know like somebody getting kicked in the nuts that's universally objectively funny, right Yeah. <laughs> but it's, we're talking about you know like an abortion right you know falling out of the nuts <laughs> that just got kicked that may not that's more subjective right
0: yeah yeah <laughs> no you're right that's so interesting because i had not thought about that you're right it's like so that kind of probably fucks with your head a little bit meaning like you could go to one club and you're like I think this is going to land. And then it doesn't. But then you're like, you know what? I really believe in this one. Let me go to a different club. And then it lands at that one, like, amazingly. So you literally have two different uh, case studies. One was a complete fail and the other was a complete success. Yeah. At that point, what do you do? You just take it to more and you need a bigger case study, essentially, to know.
1: No, you just, I mean, there's a there's a, good, there's a good film on this. It's uh, Steve Byrne. It's called 13 or Bus. And he does 13 sets in one night in, in New York. Okay. He uh, it does is like 2006, or 2005 or something. And, uh, yeah, he, he had, he documented it all and you can see, you can see like he's doing the same material. Some, some of it's expanding. Um, some jokes aren't, but you can just see like some crowds dig it. Some crowds don't. And that's the, that's the game. I mean, there's like, there's weeks I'll go, I'm killing with the same stuff, like three weeks in a row. And then there's like that one week where it's just like every single show. You're just like, this was killing literally like 24 hours ago. What's going on right
0: That's so crazy. Yeah. I just can't imagine. Like, I feel like my brain already, I'd say my main thing is like marketing and my brain never turns off about it because marketing is limitless, right? Like you can always do more marketing and there's a limitless amount of ways to do it. So same thing with this is like, if I were to do 10 shows and seven of them, killed with the same material and three didn't. I feel like I'd be tossing and turning all night and like trying to catch That's what you do. Dude, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> I'm not That's exactly what you do. That's I don't what, know they
1: what they need you in sales, man.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't know if I'm built for it. Because dude, I, I had um I had actually a cash on. Uh if you he does oh, yeah, Kosh yeah. Kosh. yeah yeah Kosh. so I had him on maybe a couple weeks ago and I was telling him like I at that red bar I did try um one open mic and it was a bomb like it was bad um but i tried uh, i did an improv class before that and it turned out like improv i was actually very good at like it just naturally in the moment funny i guess but then when i tried to calculate my funniness complete failure very different mechanism of being funny i suppose um so either way i i wanted to try again but i just you know, I don't know. It was just fucked up, honestly. Yeah,
1: Sorry. yeah. No, <laughs> well, improv, improv is great because improv is so supportive. It's built in to be supportive because you need yeah. the implication of being supportive and people having a good time because that's going to spark more ideas in your brain to throw good people because it's improv, right? As yeah. to where stand-up, it's just you, bro. You're the army of one out there. So your improv is basically, all right, if I do some crowd work and this guy's not going to work with me, well, then the improv's done there. I got to go back into my stand. up You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a it's a different muscle and it's a it's a hard tool. man. That's why a lot of actors, musicians, improvers, they always say that stand up's like the hardest because it is just you not versus the crowd. But it's you trying to create synergy within the crowd. You know, not impress yeah. the problem, what you think is funny, but to like to suggest and then hopefully you guys all agree that it's funny.
0: Yeah, dude. That so do you ever um well I'm assuming you do. So this leads into the next thing. So tell tell us a little bit more about roast battle.
1: Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, yeah, the first couple of times I think when I was doing stand-up. Yeah. It was it was great. It was like I think I was nervous and then I was like, oh, I got this. And it was that one time I wasn't nervous, it was when I bombed, And it was like I was like the first time I think I ever went up the first on a show. Like going up first, and it was just, dude, I had never felt that feeling of just like saying something that kills, and then it's just like but that first bomb is like, that's like, that's like your dick not working. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like, or like, if you're a girl, you're not getting away. You're just like, dude, I don't know what, this, this normally doesn't happen. Normally I'm, I'm, I'm knocking this out, you know what I mean? But yeah, that one time you're like, oh, and they, yeah. And nobody wants to feel that way. The audience doesn't want to, the audience doesn't want to not like it. You don't want to <laughs> feel that way. So it's just awkward for everybody.
0: Good uh, point. You're right. The audience doesn't want that either because it is awkward for everybody. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nobody wants to feel cringy. It's just like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's a balance. Like, I know Rogan says he like. I think he smokes a cigarette before he gets up and maybe takes, I don't know if this is exact routine, but that's where I think I, I should have had maybe a couple of tequila shots or something just to like ease the, because I went in there like sober and like not. I mean, whatever. It just Sober's wasn't.
1: not bad. Your, your <laughs> energy's a little more on tilt sober. I remember my first couple times, I wasn't sober, but looking back at it, um, it does mess with your rhythm a little bit, the drinking, right? Like you'll yes, say yeah. something and then you may say it a little slower and like in timing's everything sometimes. So, uh, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it and I wouldn't suggest it. It's, so I think it's just to each his own. But yeah, yeah. It, yeah being sober is like, dude, your, your brain is just like taking everything in. And, and I think when you're drinking a little bit, you're like, all right. If this doesn't work out, I can just throw up on people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is well, yeah, that's what it is, right? Because yeah, when you're drinking, there that it just turns off that part of your brain where you're like, I don't, you know, I don't really give a fuck if this even works out at all, actually. Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Do what goes well, yeah, it's, it's stupid.
1: Growstyle um, comes yeah. from uh it comes from it comes from the, yeah, the open mic culture. So Yeah. I was working at the comedy store here uh, in, in, in Hollywood, yeah. 2012-ish, and I think they had gotten rid of, there was two mics they had, one on Sunday, one on Monday. And they just got rid of the Sunday mic because um, they wanted to make more money or something like that. So, a lot, so I just started coming up in L.A., right? And a lot of the guys I was coming up with, they were going to lose spots, and they were going to start coming to the store, and that's where I was most of the time. And I was like, well, I want to lose, you know, this culture of, like, you know, all these guys I'm coming up with. I want to keep that. I'm going to keep an open mic here. So, how do I do that? So, then the only time that was open was a Tuesday because they're just dead nights. Tuesdays were dead nights, notorious in, in LA um, for like open mics, just because there's so many other shows going on because there's so many comics that in town, right? Because yeah. on the weekends, everybody's going out of town. All your big names are going out of town. They're bringing their features with them. For the most part, LA is not like a dead place on the weekends, but it's all, you know, all the, all the big stars aren't really here. Um, yeah. But then they're here during the week. You're, you're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for the most part wednesday they're here wednesday's yeah. more dead tuesday's a little more lively monday is like everybody's sleep right but then they have that mic on the, the comments on mondays so i was like all right cool I'll, I'll try tuesdays so tuesday i had this mic with uh this girl i was uh i was living yeah i was living at her place whatever like i was couch surfing living at her place and i was like yo we should start this mic right because she's yeah. got kind of like a picture in town and then we had it and then uh we had fucked up because we had uh, gotten a fight with the promoter who had the, the time slot before us so the booker at the time, Adam Eget, who's now in Austin and Joe Rogan, he was like, all right, you guys can't have this mic anymore. You guys fucked it up. You know, the moneymaker before you guys is pissed off and yada, yada, yada. So we got rid of it. And then uh, I kept asking for it, kept asking for it, kept asking for it. So the round, like, the beginning of 2013, I got it back. And then uh, and then I was trying to make it not boring because, I mean, like, if you go to open mic, like you've been like you're talking about that red bar one yeah they're boring they suck nobody wants to be there because it's everybody's trying their new material and maybe good and maybe not be for the most part you're only gonna see two good guys or maybe one good girl or or, or whoever knows how many people you're gonna see right um but it's it's a long time it's like a four-hour event and i was like you know i want everybody to stay in the fucking room because i know i had to stay in the room the whole time just you know yada 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 so i was like all right i'll make sure everybody stays in here and i'll make sure it's like people they like who are doing time that they like, like open mic heroes. I'll make sure those guys get a lot of time. Yeah, and uh, that was working. People were coming in. It started becoming a busy mic, um, and people were staying in the room, which is great. So it built, it built more of a camaraderie. It built a little bit of community, and guys were really bombing all the time when they were going up, like trying new material. So it became like an actual room um, yeah. and real supportive, kind of like the that improv shit. Uh, but then there was just one night. Or an employee who was drunk, and uh, a uh, and one of the new comics and my comic at the time. He was going up, and then this drunk employee was like, "Yo, he's not he's not 21. What's he doing in here?" And we were like, "What? He's been coming here for like six months. Oh shit!" And then uh, the other kid was just like, "Oh man, what the fuck? Why you, go, why, you know, why, why you diming me out?" Kind of a thing. And he's like, "I'll beat your ass." And we were like, "Yo." All right, want you guys like you know like start but you know, start fighting right now kind of a thing. But then I you know, cooler has prevailed and I was like yo I just got this room back. They just put cameras in here like I can't I can't lose this mic again kind of a thing like I'll you know be you noticed know, like this mic that's always here and then always pops up every six months. So then uh so then I was like all right how about this when you turn twenty one Kenny his names Kenny Lyon I was like you guys come back and you talk shit to Josh and we'll score it like a boxing match kind of a thing right you guys are like like you guys a roast battle kind of a thing yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Kenny turned 21, I think, like, end of July or something like that. And then he came back a couple weeks later, and then he battled Josh. It was awful. And then everybody saw it, and we're like, yo, I could do that. And then every Tuesday from that July on, in 2013, we've been doing it. Damn,
0: dude, that's sick. So, you guys – so so, basically, how it's set up is – you, there's two people up there, and then it's scored like a boxing match, and then they just roast the shit out of each other.
1: I mean, basically it's a verbal boxing mess, it was two guys. They basically they pick each other, you know. what I mean,
0: they're yeah.
1: friends with the foes, whatever they are. They go against each other, and then there's three judges, or it's supposed to be three judges, they score it basically, and then yeah, yeah whoever gets the most votes wins.
0: Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> um that's the thing I've seen, um, I've seen like roasts obviously online. Um, What is it? Like the big one, like Comedy Central. I've seen some of those uh, where it's, you know, like Donald Trump or something like that. Um, So I I feel you got to be a particular type of person to really handle that stuff and like remove because what's crazy about roasting that I think is. Yes, it is a joke, but any roast is partly true, right? <laughs> so, like, if you think about Trump, like, when he got roasted, a lot of it was about, like, you know, his hair, uh, maybe face being red or whatever. Just, But there's always, actually, maybe, I don't want to say it's always, but it seems like most of the time in a joke, there is at least a piece of truth.
1: No, um, I mean, like, no, I think Shakespeare says that.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know no, that. No, so, the, God, truth, no.
1: <laughs> the truth is too often be said in jest. Something like that. I think like uh, don't quote me on the quote, but that's that's where
0: the quote yeah. is. Uh, yeah. So that's why I just think yeah to be like to to be a roaster because I it's one thing to roast someone else that I, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's like less. I mean, it's not about you, so you can just say fucked up things about somebody else and still go to bed at night. But then if they're saying that about you, I would cycle through and be like, yeah, a little bit of that was actually true, and everybody laughed at it. I should maybe look at that. <laughs> it's a little. Yeah, fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Silverman is known for roasting, and she's a good friend, just like Jeff is. Wrong. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Jeff. And I, she, I, I she would say that she's like it takes about a month or two to like to like shake that stuff off. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, how many? Um, when you do it, it, it's it's not always new people. So like how, uh, or is it always?
1: I mean, for the most part, it's, it's usually no. I mean, we've been doing it nine years. It's not all new people now. I mean, but there's a new class that's coming in now. But okay. when there's there's stars, there's like there's guys who come back and do it, they're really good at it, you know? Yeah. And you don't, and I think that's the great thing that keeps me coming back every week is if there are guys that I know and love and see you know, seen before, I'm gonna hear new jokes about them from somebody, right? You know, Even yeah. if they're like battling for the eighth time against this person or the first time against this person, I get to hear a new joke that they had to think of about this person. So yeah. it's it's pretty incredible because you can see like the depth that people will go to like to get a joke out of somebody.
0: Dude, it is. Yeah. And I would imagine, because that's where with the improv, that's what got me hooked. Because I, and I understand completely, I, well, I shouldn't say completely, but as a comedian, I can understand how it would become very addicting in a good way. Um, like having, it's just like, it feels incredible to have a crowd laugh based on something that you did or said. Even if it's a little, even if you're joking about yourself a little, if it's something that like you came up with and then, ever it just kills that feeling is there's not many better feelings than that feeling so yeah it's like
1: cooking something it's like playing music and people really love it i mean like this that's the arts man i mean that's really what it is it's like you're creating this thing from within yourself and then everybody likes it objectively to you at that point oh there's no drug that can uh, that can replicate that
0: dude there isn't i know i was literally just thinking that like because uh, yeah and i know it's so minor in comparison but i just mean in the improv there was a f- i remember a few key moments cuz we would do like shows for like friends and family kind of you're probably yeah. so it would only be like 20 30 people nothing crazy but a lot of uh, yeah but okay yeah so so a decent amount but i would do something and then they would all think it was funny and i remember that just like rush and there is i mean i like drinking i've tried my uh share of other things but there's nothing like that you know,
1: nothing and
0: like it, that, man. And it's healthy, right? <laughs> so, I, I didn't,
1: mean, it, it, not it's still an addiction. I mean, because then you're chasing that now. Like, I'm still doing this for 15 years. I'm, I'm still chasing <laughs> that. Like, oh man, I hope they like this tonight. <laughs> we'll get that hit tonight. That laughter, yeah.
0: It's still an addiction. True. Yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> so, um, so you got roast battle. Like, what else? Or I mean, like, what's kind of is the end goal to like take this all the way that as far as you can? Or with what roast
1: battle? I mean, roast battle started as like a side project. You know, I was just doing with like. Yeah. Jeff Ross and the community, the LA community, who was just into roasting each other, you know, consensual. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: no, I mean, no. It's, comedy as a whole, I meant, yeah.
1: Oh, comedy as a whole? Yeah. I mean, I take it project by project, just because it is such a, it's such a major genre. It is like, it is the show business industry that I'm in, I guess. So I, I, I what I want to do is I want to create a really, really dope special, I guess, next. Um, yeah. I had a small sketch show on Comedy Central. Uh, yeah. I would love to have another sketch show. With rosebud in particular, though, um, we'd love to just make this like an actual sport. You know, like we want this to be like a yeah. spelling bee. You know, we want we want this to be like the NHL, MLB, NBA. You know, NFL. We want this to be like a a a gambling backed sports betting apt back. You know, sport. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like an actual league. Like we got Miami, we got LA, we got Austin, we got London, we got Tokyo. So we have yeah. we have a, an eight team league, eight team league now. Um, and these guys like sometimes they'll battle each other. We're working on getting an event right now, like they're trying to like do monthly, you know, with the, the live stream pro- platform and the yeah. sports handling better. So we'll see. But Dude, like, that's, that's what I was just
0: gonna it. say, because I just invested in better because they're they they're based down here in Miami. <laughs> so yeah, I know those guys. And I was literally just thinking, I'm like, once you have that all set up, I don't know if they're only sports, but I would meaning like I but I would imagine because I think the whole idea of it. Just, this shows how bad of an investor I am because I don't fully understand. <laughs> but um, I uh, think, though, it's like anything, basically, but it's like micro. So for what you're trying to do, it would be perfect to be on better, I think. Pretty Let sure. me
1: know. I mean, I'm talking to Bravada. I'm talking to FanDuel. I'm talking to DraftKings. You know, I mean, like DraftKings just uh, put up money for, uh, they sponsor a, a, a Frisbee golf league, a disc golf league. So, I mean, you yeah. know, there, there's money out there for these things. So better, I mean, I've read about those cats. Yeah. uh i don't know too much about them there's not a lot about them but yeah. yeah let me know like offline like yeah i'd love to talk about
0: it all right no that sounds good yeah, yeah. and they're i mean they're a little bit younger um but yeah we'll, we'll talk about it then that could be interesting um so gotcha okay the, dude that sounds like a lot of fun and let me ask you this because i don't know these roast battles or maybe it's just not at that because you're say you're talking uh to do monthly subscription are you um is it like on youtube these roast battles, because yeah,
1: so there's so, so there's it. roast battle Chicago. They have full episodes on, on YouTube. Uh, roast battle Chicago. I think it's their YouTube channel. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a roast battle New York, a roast battle Austin, a roast battle Bay Area, a roast battle Tokyo, a roast battle.
0: All right, I'm gonna watch these. I yeah, don't
1: know. there's a bunch of <laughs> UK. Um, so there's a bunch, and I know that uh here in the states on television on linear we did three seasons here in the states called Jeff Ross Presents Roast Battle on comedy central which is now paramount plus i think it's on and then okay. overseas in the uk we did four seasons and a christmas special so <laughs> i think i was on amazon prime at one point point. and now that they, they do them all over like and anything that's like by com international like comedy central international they're doing them. so there's I think there's a couple seasons on germany there's a couple seasons in, in spain there's a couple seasons in uh norway i don't know it's crazy there's so many of them now,
0: dude that's I'm nuts here, yeah, yeah it's so great because as i'm sure you're more aware than like most being like a creative like you are like there's so many people publishing stuff on youtube like even you know like i even just mentioned like uh obviously rogan went to spotify but like kill tony tiger like it's hard to actually watch it, it actually makes me <laughs> it makes me somewhat depressed thinking like to, to imagine being a consumer and then, like, and I obviously love my show, but just imagine, like, all the other shows out there, right, and then to choose Mayan over all those is, like, kind of wild for me to, like, you know, you have, to, like, you have to, like, you have to, like, try out Rogan and be like, okay, like, and that's, like, three hours. You only got 21.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> so. So it's really I'm just saying it's interesting because I want to search, but like in my YouTube algorithm or whatever, I haven't uh, seen it on there. So I thought you were only doing it uh, privately in in, in L.A. So that's awesome, dude. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know anyone that would not find that. Funny dude to just watch two people rip each other apart. Like that sounds like a fucking and great- it's
1: consensual. I think they can like say that more. Like this this is this isn't bullying. This is a consensual act. These guys are going at it. I mean, they wanted to, you know. We have in everybody's open season, man, from people with physical disabilities to mental disabilities to I mean, everything. i would have got people from who are trans to cerebral palsy to HIV positive to monkeypox. We do it
0: all. <laughs> dude, that's freaking awesome. Um well, yeah, man. No, thank you for coming on. I want to leave the floor to you and just, if there's anything that we didn't cover that you want to share, please do. And then uh, let us know like where to find you like website or, or anything else where people can stay in contact.
1: Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, honestly, it's just uh, verbalviolence.com, verbal violence.com. Uh, okay. C.com. Just because that's where all the, all the podcasts you can get on there, our roast radio podcast, uh our roast battle weekly podcast roast battle league weekly podcast those are all on there i want to say uh or the roast battle youtube channel that has everything we have also um but mainly that's it man yeah we're just trying to get this roast battle league up and running because i think that's going to be the thing that's going to make us millionaires tyler you know i'm so in the roast battle league and you know, that's going to make us billionaires so let's do it <laughs> we we'll have a shit-talking tournament a whole whatever every marsh madness so we'll i'm see
0: fucking it. in dude honestly Thank you again for coming on, man. I appreciate it.
1: You're the man, dude. Thank you.